Sarah, I don't know that I can stand here any longer without asking a question, not only to you, but to all of us. Do we really love to tell the story? We really love to tell the story? I do. Or are we just singing the words that are on the screen? Because it's one of those favorite hymns of people who grew up in the church. Do we really love to tell the story? Sit down and we'll think about it for a minute. Um, yeah. When's the last time you, when's the last time I, the last time any of us actually told the story of Jesus' love to somebody who needed to hear it? Has it been a while? I'm guessing yes. Let's look at a couple of people from John's Gospel who told their story and how they told their story and what happened when they told their story. This first scripture is from John chapter 4, beginning at verse 27. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And then we skip a few verses and pick up at 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him. Because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And then from John 9, another story of someone who's encountered Jesus. Jesus has just restored a man's sight and it's created quite a stir John 9 beginning at verse 13 reads this way they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight he put mud on my eyes the man replied and I washed and now I see. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I I've told you already and you didn't listen. Why? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, this is our last week in the series we've been doing, When You Believe in God, But... 
to wrap it up this morning, we're going to wrestle with a topic that might challenge us all a bit when you believe in God, but don't share your faith. I know this topic brings with it a little discomfort for a lot of people. Some of you are probably thinking, oh, not that. Not that one. But it really matters. It really matters that we spend a few minutes considering this topic for ourselves and for those whose lives we can impact. So why are there so many of us who believe in God, sincerely believe in God, but don't share our faith? Well, let's begin with some of the givens. Let's begin with this acknowledgement. For those who don't believe in Christ... Any attempt on our part to share the gospel or do evangelism in any way can cause responses of skepticism, resentment, anger, fear. And honestly, most of us simply don't want to be on the receiving end of those feelings being expressed toward us. We simply don't want to have that come right back at us from those people because most of us in those situations we begin to wrestle with our own feelings we begin to feel fear or guilt or uncertainty and we doubt our ability as to whether or not we can legitimately share our Jesus story and so we don't some of the reasons we don't share our faith, well, I'm sure you can add to my list, but let me share a few. Sometimes we don't want to feel like we're forcing ourselves and our beliefs on people who don't want to hear that. We don't want to be pushy and risk being disliked by someone. We don't feel like we know enough. Maybe we think, we should wait for that perfect opportunity that will surely present itself at some point. Maybe we think God's really going to move at some point. But until that time, we're not moving anywhere. All of us can wrestle with those issues at times. But I wonder if there's not another one that we may or may not think about very often. A lot of us simply don't seem to feel any sense of urgency about telling the good news of God's gift of life in Jesus Christ to those who need to hear it. No sense of urgency. Many of us appear not to believe or understand the eternal significance of the gospel being shared and received. It's like we don't get it there are real life impacting and eternal life impacting real ramifications regarding where each individual will spend eternity if you believe what the bible says you can't believe that heaven is simply a given once we leave this world going to a better place after our life on earth is not a guarantee Eternity in heaven 
is the free gift of God paid for by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that gift has to be received by personal choice, personal decision for eternity in heaven to be opened up to that believer. So it's a matter of urgency. Where are we going to spend all eternity? Where's that family member or that friend we love going to spend all eternity? We don't seem to feel a sense of urgency, at least not enough to make us share our faith. We say we believe in God, but often our belief is not enough to move us to share that faith with someone who desperately needs to hear it. Let's look at a couple of examples from the scriptures we heard earlier and how the people in those stories shared their experience of meeting Jesus. Maybe we can learn something from them. So first, let's look at a man who was born blind and then healed by Jesus. The Pharisees were trying any way they could find to discredit this young man's story because he was giving credit to Jesus. He was crediting Jesus for healing his eyes. They kept pressing him to find out what and how Jesus did whatever he did. Ultimately, they were trying to find some reason to accuse Jesus of breaking a Sabbath law. Again, part of that scripture at verse 15 reads this way. The Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. Well, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. They asked him a second time. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. Well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind. But now I see. People wanted to know what happened, and he told them in plain, simple language. He put mud on my eyes, I washed, now I see. I was blind, but now I I see. This was his Jesus story, and he was sticking to it. He wasn't going to change it just to make other people feel more comfortable or be happy with what he said. I was blind, but now I see, and I credit Jesus for changing my life. What else was there to tell? This was his story, and he told it without hesitation. And then there's the example that we see from the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. Jesus turned a conversation about water into a spiritual conversation. Living water became the metaphor for that which gives life. And he promised her that if she had this living water, she'd never be thirsty again, spiritually speaking. As the story continued, she clearly was excited by her conversation with Jesus. Look how she responded in verse 28 to 30. Leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. She had a story to tell. She told her story 
about how Jesus changed her life and she wanted people to know. She couldn't wait to go back to her town and tell other people. Now, think about it for a moment. Neither of these people, but this woman in particular, hadn't been in Sunday school and church a big part of her life, like some of us. She hadn't read or studied her Bible, like some of us. She wasn't trained in debating others about spiritual topics, but that didn't stop her from sharing her new faith in Jesus. She did know what she had experienced with Jesus, and she wanted to tell other people. How simple is that? And then verse 39 and following tells us the response. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did, she said. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. She had a story to tell. She told her story, and people wanted to know more. So they came to see and hear Jesus too. And it says, ultimately, many of them became believers. They chose to believe the words of Christ. They chose to believe in Jesus, not because this lady was trained to share her faith, not because she gave the perfect, flawless presentation, not because she had gotten her life together after a long life of, of uh, very public and sinful living. They came because she shared her Jesus story, and invited them to come. I'm thinking we could do that, right? I mean, we can, we can share our Jesus story and invite people to come. Even if we don't know all the answers, even if we don't feel confident in our own ability to share the good news of Jesus, we can still invite people to go someplace with us where that becomes possible. We can invite other people to worship or to Sunday school or a Christian journey group or a Wednesday night growth group or a Bible study or a prayer group we might be part of. We can invite people to places where we experience the presence and the work of God ourselves and do so in the hope that they might have a similar experience. When's the last time you purposely invited someone to go with you where you knew they would hear at least a little bit of the good news of Jesus Christ? When's the last time you invited somebody to go with you? Someplace they could hear that God loves them. Someplace they could hear expressed to them that that love of Jesus is for them with the result being eternal life in heaven after our life on this earth ends I'm pretty sure it's something any of us could do if we really think it matters if we have some sense of urgency we could invite somebody we don't have to have every answer to every question 
We don't have to be the perfect Christian before we invite somebody. We'd all be in trouble if that were the case. We can invite them in the hopes that they experience what we've experienced in Christ Jesus. I mean, I know most of us don't have a story that's as dramatic as the blind man seeing or the woman at the well whose life was totally turned around, but we do have our own story lived out in our own life. And if our life has been changed by Jesus, we're just like those people. There was Part of their story was, here was my life before Jesus. Now, here's my life after I met Jesus and chose to believe and follow him. A before and an after. That's not complicated. If we've chosen to follow Jesus, we have a before and and an after story that we should share without hesitation giving Jesus credit. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, In our hearts we should revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you how in the world can we always be prepared to share our story practice we can practice our story we can write it out if necessary we can practice telling it to somebody who knows us and loves us and can encourage us as we work on that we can tell it again and again until we don't even have to think intentionally through the process we've told it enough we know this is our story we know how to share it Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. If we know what that hope in us is, who that hope is, we can definitely get to where we can tell that story, regardless of our lack of training or discomfort, regardless of our uncertainty about how it might be received, we can tell our Jesus story and there's eternal significance to our story it can change somebody's life there's eternal significance to our story it can impact where they spend eternity when we believe in God don't share our faith when we believe in God but don't share our faith we're cheating others out of hearing how Jesus changed our lives we might be cheating them out of their eternal reward for choosing Jesus for themselves see God calls us to live our story to share it through our living, through our loving, through our serving, through our actions, through our words. 
God calls us to live that story. And I believe if we pray and ask God to show us what that means and how that works, I think God will prepare us, equip us, show us how to do that. What's your Jesus story? What's your Jesus story? We heard about a blind man healed. We heard about a woman whose life was changed. We hear the call of Scripture to always be prepared to share our story. What's your story? Details of it running through your mind right now? As we sing our closing song this morning, I want to invite you not only to sing, but to pray. You can do them both at once, great. If not, do one, then do the other. But be sure to pray. Pray for your own story to become so clear and so powerful with such strength and boldness that sharing it becomes a natural part of who we are. Pray for God to open doors for that story to be shared with someone or several someones who need to hear your Jesus story. For people you can think of that you'd really like to hear your story, pray for them. Pray for a God-ordained time for you to share your story with them. As we pray, God works. God responds. And if we will trust God, our Lord will equip us to share our Jesus stories with people who need it desperately. So, as we sing, pray. Ask God to put people on your hearts. Maybe you already had people on your hearts and you want to share your story with. Pray for the right time for that to happen maybe you're thinking i've never really shared my story out loud with anybody make that a matter of prayer and as we close this morning if you uh if you just stand there and pray and don't sing that's okay you're doing business with god that's why we're here maybe you want to come and kneel here in prayer and lift up a couple of family members or friends you want to hear your Jesus story. Maybe you want to come and pray for boldness to do that. So we're going to sing. We're going to pray. Respond to God's leading, God's call for us to share our Jesus story. Let's sing.